This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. We've got 15 beautiful souls waiting for us to get on YouTube. What's up? Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. I'm the Bostonian Matt Peralt alongside Dave Sherapan, the book. We're here every day, weekday, here on the Props YouTube channel podcast right afterwards with a lot of college basketball, Dave, to get to today. How are you? Our guys, nobody lost yesterday with UConn and Nova. Unbelievable that on 2-22-2022. I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. The game You're right. was two. <laughs> it falls two. There was two-tenths of a second left with a guy on the free throw line that decides to miss it. So it falls to how we got there. Unbelievable. Did you come up with that or did somebody else on a different show point that out? No, that was me. Good job out of you. Good job out of you. Point two. I missed the point two. You're absolutely right. With two free throws and he misses it on purpose, which thank you to that kid for doing that. (laughs) So <laughs> I appreciate it. I know why. I have no idea why the hell the kid did that because you can't hit a three with point two. By the way, that's a tip. You cannot. Right. You can't catch and shoot. So like he could have hit it. The game was over. Like it didn't matter. He missed it on purpose. Now I was like, wait, what? Okay. I was, <laughs> I was watching it going. He's gonna miss this. This thing's gonna fall too. The, the course of action to get it to fall too is almost impossible. I mean the. You know, and, and it's how we're going to start today with the referees and the calls. And, and, you know, Rex Chapman does an unbelievable job on Twitter. Is it a block or charge? I could watch that thing 10 times, five times it's a block, five times it's a charge. I don't know. But the stuff that happened before that, to get to that point, um, wow. I mean, that well, was okay, an unbelievable so- college basketball game, but I, I don't even know where to begin. Let's just go right into it, okay, with, with our first topic here, because the refs almost ruined that game. And let's start with Hurley for getting ejected. People, for some people, they did. Okay, well, let, let's talk about the ejection, you know, throwing out a coach. The first technical was a little bit, okay, you can't incite the crowd. That's a rule, okay? And I saw Seth Greenberg this morning on Twitter doing, I think he was going for a walk like you. He was walking around in in, in gray, cold Connecticut and said, look, as a coach, gray you know, you cold, can- by the way, it's gray, cold Las Vegas today, too. Disgusting today. Today is horrific Man. weather today in Vegas. Sorry, anyway, but he said, look, as a coach, you know, you cannot do that. You can't incite the crowd. You cannot try to get a reaction out of the crowd for a referee call. That's and a that's foul? What, really? It's a, it's a second. It's a known technical in the rule book that inciting the I crowd is that. against the rules wow. as a coach. So that's why they gave him the second tee and they chucked him out of the game for inciting the crowd. I didn't like it, but I don't like Hurley. So like 
a lot of people really like this guy. I mean, Jeff Dawson yesterday, yeah. UConn fans love this dude. They think, you yeah. know, he's unbelievable. His father from the time in high school, all the high school talent, his father produced in, in the college and pro ranks. And then coming from Rhode Island and doing great things with Rhode Island, his brother as well. Well, his brother, brother did with Arizona State or doing with Arizona State. I just, I don't know. I, 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 I have a, I lean towards dislike if a coach is overly emotional all the time and freaks out all the time. And I think Hurley just yells to yell. And I think that the kids just tune it out eventually. And they're just like, okay, dude, like I'm done. I'm done. So how do you feel about the ejection? I mean, I didn't know it was a rule. So I was like, man, this ref is really making this um, about him. It was an emotional thing. And he could have gone over and said, coach, sit down or I got to throw you out. And I think he would have sat down like, yeah, you know, I mean, so that's all it would take. And and I've been on the field now when guys like to do that with me. And I'm just like in between innings, I go over and I say, are you having a bad day? Like, what are you doing right now? Because if you want to throw me out, I mean, throw me out, but don't, you don't got to make a scene. And I thought he made a scene and I threw him out. And immediately I thought, all right, does that affect the number? Like, is his coach getting thrown out right there like that? What, how does that react? And I thought, call you know, I mean, Connecticut reacted pretty well. Like, they were like, okay, coach is gone. They were leading at halftime by a point. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, this is going to be a battle. So I didn't like it. But now that I know that it's a rule, I mean, there's guys that are, you know, officials, they're stickler for the rule. He turned around and incited the crowd. That's in a rule book. I have to call you out. You're out. That's it. It was, I mean, letter of the law, right? I mean, that's what you want the referees to do. You want them to be consistent. It's a big game. It's a big moment. It's a little bit of a shocking decision to do that. I mean, could could the referee have swallowed the whistle? Sure. Could he have said, all right, I'll let that slide for now because, yeah, they chose not to. And I mean, at the time, my jaw was open going like, oh my gosh, but I blamed it on Hurley. I blamed it on the coach saying, you can't get thrown out there. Like, you right. got to know. You, you you just got to know that your team, you're more valuable to your team on the bench than it is arguing a ticky-tack foul in the first half of the game. I mean, there's a, long, a lot of game left. You got a whole a second half left. to go in a game your, your team really, really needed. Now, let's go to the Colin Gillespie tie-up. Okay, he's on the corner. It's a four a point. Did you just call it a tie up because I thought it was a mugging. It was a crushing. It was a foul. It was, it was an absolute, unbelievable swallowing of the whistle <laughs> in that moment. You, so you have you a four stay point. stay in the overnight self. You do that on the street. Seriously, right? So, so like, you I know, mean, checking for a new orifice or something. <laughs> but so, like, it's a four point game. UConn timeout gets the ball out of a timeout it's uh 40 seconds left i think up by four i think i remember it was 20 seconds left but they come off of a beautiful really well-designed screen top of the key three bam game now one here comes the press inbound to gillespie their best free throw shooter two guys are on him and i mean they are whacking at him they are grabbing and clawing and ripping and gillespie's like almost laughing he's like you got to be kidding me and they call a jump ball and the jump ball arrow favors UConn. I, I just, right there, I went, oh, I know what's coming. I go, this is, <laughs> this is going to be an awful beat. There's just oh. no way. Horrible. 
So now the ball goes to UConn and you get one of the crazier shots by the guard for UConn, who is a lefty by nature. He's leaning and he kind of like baby hooks it and it goes, it goes in. And so UConn now is up by one inbound with 5.9 to go to Colin Gillespie. And that's the way it's supposed to end, right? Like it's supposed to end UConn wins by one or Villanova hits a shot to win the game and a buzzer goes out. Like, I'm thinking, all right, plus two, we're home. Yep. Like at that point. And then you got Gillespie. Here's the thing. The center for UConn hits Gillespie before he ever gets to the block charge. Yeah. That's my problem with that call. Is it if you watch Gillespie gets hit not once, but twice. And the dude has to, who tried to draw the block charge, he had to move because the center Hits Colin Gillespie. Yeah. It wasn't one foul. It was two fouls. He got hit twice. I, you're right. I mean, I watched it multiple times too. And I, I, I reminded him like, I'm, I still don't know if that's a block or charge. I think I would have called it a block, but I thought, you know, I mean, I wanted Villanova to win anyway. Right. So I don't know if I was biased. Looking at it, but that if way. you look, but that was my problem with it. I was like, I went back and watched it. I was like, it didn't matter what happened on the block charge because that call should have been. It was a foul beforehand, it and, and the center foul. knew it because the center went, Ooh. whoa, right? Yeah, he, he he went like he went like, whoa, I didn't mean to, yeah. I, I I didn't mean to touch him because he hit him, he bodied him up, and that's what sent him going the other way, and that's where the guy had to move to get in front of him, and then <laughs> they called the charge, and I'm like, you guys just totally ignored the other guy in white, not the dude trying to get the charge. Cause he was well outside the restricted area and Gillespie was a little bit out of control. I'll give you that. But he, he hit the guy who was trying to draw the charge out of control because the center hit him and knocked him off his, his path. It 100% looked like a foul. I was like, all right, what just happened? And then they were like, uh, okay, charge. Now we're shooting too. Whoa. This is going to matter in everything now. What? No, well, no. You, see, that's the thing. They weren't shooting two because it was an offensive foul. So then they inbounded the ball, and then they fouled. Oh, that's so, right. One point one point. Yeah. So, yeah, so, 1. so 1. that's what I thought initially too. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this on two free throws. I can't believe yes. this. I'm like, yes. And then I realized, wait, it was offensive foul. So if it's offensive foul. We're not shooting yet because it's one and one. We're not in the double bonus, so it's still going to be an inbound play. Okay, inbound play. Oh no, they're fouling, and then yeah. they foul. Yeah. And then the kid is like a 75% free throw shooter, steps up, knocks down the first one. And I'm like, this is the worst beat in a really long time. Yeah. And then it clang <laughs> on purpose. He misses it. And I'm like, well, if you got two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, or six and a half, I did take six and a half when it was live. In-game. I did take yep. I, I did take, I did make I only made one in-game bet, but I took the six and a half. And I was like, yep. when they're up by seven, I was like, okay, wait a minute. It's like this is the this is the high here. Yes. I'm taking I'm taking six and a half. So I jumped on that. But Frankie, Frankie today today came on the show yesterday. Frankie tweeted it out. He took two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, six and a half. Yep. And and the over. He told he told the audience to do it and people were tweeting at us saying like, thank you, Frankie. I did this at your recommendation. And he's absolutely right. I mean, he, he cleaned up on that game. Yeah, he did. And, and that's the advantage of betting the stuff in game. Like you, cause you see the lines and you know, with the context of, of, you know, what we do is talking about it every day and watching it every day. And whether you're, you're actually betting it every day, which, you, you know, you are on the juice and, I mean, I'm sporadically 
you know, hitting stuff here and there. The in-game provides opportunities in games. There were, I believe, seven ties, 19 or 20 lead changes in that basketball game. That went back and forth. You could have had plus four and a half, I believe, on both teams at some point during that basketball game. Wow. It was, it swung that much. I didn't look. Yeah, I I wasn't paying attention to the UConn number. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. high it went. I was only watching the Nova number when they went right. down by seven. I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I was like, let's see what the number is. Yeah. And it was six and a half. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, I mean, did you learn anything uh, going forward as far as I? Like, yeah, you know, I think. Are you, are you nervous about your Big East? It's dead. Championship bet. It's dead. I think it's dead. Can't win it now. It's not I can't win it. It, it, it. There are some there are some things that have to happen in order for me to win it, but it's going to be hard. I mean, they got to beat Providence. Providence. We'll talk about Providence later in the show with their game against Xavier uh, tonight is a big one. If Xavier were to, were to win that game, that helps a lot. Uh, but then UConn is live now because UConn is now eleven and five, and so you got an eleven and four uh, Nova team or a twelve and four Nova team. A three, two loss Providence team. Wow. Providence still has the, I mean, they can, Providence, Providence is in the driver's seat now. I mean, like 100%. Right now on FanDuel, they only have two options to win the Big East regular season. It's Providence minus 195, Villanova plus 170. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cause basically what you need is a Providence loss and a Nova win. So that's the way. Well, they play head to head, right? This weekend. At Nova. So even if Providence wins out and loses that game, it's Villanova's. No, you would need you would need Providence to lose two times. Another game, right? Yeah. So because they'll have the tie break if they tie them, but Providence won't play the same number of games. This is why the COVID thing. I mean, it really sucks because Providence. They're just going off number of games lost. That's what they're going off of. So how many games? How many games did you lose? Not how many games you won. So they're going to play instead of playing sixteen regular season games, they're going to play fifteen. They're going to miss a game. So that they're not going to make up one of their COVID games. They couldn't find a time to do it, and then and the Big East Conference just said go ahead. And so they get a huge break. Is it they'll, they'll play a less one less game in conference? And I forget which team they're going to avoid twice in the home and home. But it's or 18 games, rather. Yeah, it's 18 games. So they'll play 17 versus 18 games. Wow. 10 team, 10 team conference. So it sucks. I mean, there's no real way around it. It 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 really is a bummer to not have that. So yeah, I mean, I got screwed a little bit on that. But province isn't, I mean, it, they're not a lock, but tonight's gonna go a little they win tonight, they're looking really good. Right. Yeah. They're looking yeah. really, really, really good to go ahead and and, and get that done. The other game last night that surprised me, you mentioned, did I learn anything? So Arkansas goes to Florida and they have a game against Kentucky coming up this weekend. We talked about the game yesterday. I was on Arkansas minus one. The line opened at pick. It closed, I think at one and a half for Arkansas tight game until the last two minutes when Arkansas kind of sprinted ahead, made a run, won the game by, I believe eight points was the final score for Arkansas and Florida. How do you feel about Arkansas? Maybe being maybe not a national championship sleeper, but are they a final four sleeper? Because right now there's not a team hotter in the SEC than Arkansas. 
I think so because of the way they play defense. Um, you just wonder. I mean, a Final Four, we've had numerous teams in the past few years that get there. They don't win it, but the road to get there is the way they play. Right. Really hard matchups, really good defense, do the fundamentals well, rebound the basketball, and find ways to win. You bet unders on their games, and they get you to the Final Four. Think like Loyola Chicago um, in recent history. That sister Jean George Mason pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, didn't um, Bama just do it? Like, or somebody just did it uh, from the SEC not too long ago, too, where they just played that way. So I think it's possible. Yes, um, you can't bet this now. You can bet that they're going to get to the final four. Um, would you put caution on it? Because I know you keep talking about this, and I think this is a very common thing for people that, you know, are looking ahead to make bets on March Madness. Are you comfortable doing it without seeing the bracket? Um, not entirely. No. I mean, I, I, I tend not to make bets like this, right? But I think you could make a case for them to win the SEC tournament. I mean, I don't think that's insane for and sure. So if you want to talk about, you know, four games in four days, how do they do? I think they're live there. Uh, I think Musselman's got his team playing as well as anybody in the country right now, and both offensively and defensively. And I, I'm very excited to watch Arkansas, Kentucky this weekend. We're going to learn a lot about Arkansas if they knock off Kentucky this coming weekend. For so, sure. and the numbers, if you do think Arkansas, I, can, I think it's at Kentucky. Okay. Um, but if you like, if you like Arkansas to win the SEC, I would bet them today because that number, if they do beat Kentucky, will be gone. You know, much like you were talking yesterday about betting UConn to win the Big East tournament. UConn's down. They were 350 last night. They're through plus 300 now right. to, win, to win the Big East tournament. So that number has come down dramatically. Nova is still the favorite to win the Big East tournament. But UConn is, is quickly catching them on their heels right now to win the Big East tournament. So I think Arkansas is definitely a team that's live. You can look at it. I mean, look, Vanderbilt nearly beat Alabama last night. I was on Vandy plus four. Yep. yep. Bama went up by Bama is the hardest team in the country to handicap. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. They're the hardest team in the country because they got stupid hot in the second half from behind the arc again, go up by 10. But in the last eight minutes of the game, they couldn't hit a shot. Yep. And arc and, and then it just you watched if you were on Bama minus four, you had to be throwing up. You you're kicking your heels up with nine minutes to go. You're like, okay, we're up by 10. We're doing well. The guards are burying threes. And they just stop scoring. And here comes Vandy to tick, to tick, to tick, to tick. And they lose by two. And Bama doesn't cover. And again, they go to two and 12. Bama is two and 12 ATS in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, these guys can't cover any numbers. No. But they win. But like come the SEC tournament, this is where it's like, Man alive, Alabama can get hot for four days and look out. They go run through the tree, they go and want to win it all. Or Alabama maybe it could be scuffling in the first game and be out. No doubt. Um, I think Clark Kellogg coined the term spurtability. Mm. Is there a team that like defies the it defines that word more than Alabama? They'll go down the floor three or four times in a row and hit threes from all over the place. They'll score 12 points and bam, 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 bam. Then they'll go four minutes of going down, miss, 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 
no second chances. They don't, if it's a long rebound, they don't get it. They never throw it down low and just try to get to the free throw line. When they do, they don't. They miss the shot. It's it's amazing because we were watching that game Saturday. The thing I saw, like they don't even try to get fouled to get to the free throw line to stop these periods of inactivity or scoring. So other teams get back into games. They're supposed to bury Vanderbilt and win that game by double digits at that point yesterday. They're supposed to run them out, win by 15. Instead, they keep doing what they're doing, shoot quick shots, miss. Vandy hangs around, hangs around, hangs around, covers two. Um, you talked about it last week, maybe as far back as two weeks ago. The SEC tournament's going to be very interesting. It's going to be – I don't think it's going to determine whether teams get in, but I think it's going to determine their seeds in the big dance. And that's going to go um, a long I mean, way in like affecting the future odds and like odds to win the region, odds to win this. Because if they don't have the right road, I think they'll be bet against. But if they do have the right path, we could bet them to get to the Final Four. Yeah, because Kentucky is an interesting look because most books, and you can go to props.com and read a lot about this from Patrick Everson and the conversations he's having about college basketball futures. They are most books are not good to Kentucky winning at all. Like no. they do not want Kentucky to win at all because the odds on them early in the year got pretty long and people were jumping in on Kentucky to win it all. And if they win the SEC championship, there's a darn good chance they're a one seed. So if Ooh, they beat really? Auburn, wow. I okay. mean, they're a two seed right now, right? Now, right? Yeah. So if they were to go through and say they beat Alabama. They beat Tennessee and they beat Auburn on their way to an SEC championship. Those quad one wins are going to push them above Auburn and Auburn drops down to a two seed. Right. And so like now, now you're talking about a Kentucky team with a one seed path to get to the final four. And, and the books are like, uh Oh, like we, we do not want to see that happening. So I'll be very curious to see you're right about the seeding being affected because Auburn right now is a one but they can't just rest on their laurels and be like, yep, we're there. I mean, Gonzaga is the consensus number one seed overall. But after that, I think it's pretty debatable as to like who could be the one seeds going forward. I don't think Arizona is even a lock to be a one seed if they suffer a couple of bad losses here late or they oh, don't win the Pac-12 tournament. I think they have to win the Pac-12 tournament okay. to be a one seed. Otherwise, Fair. there are two. Yep. Um, possibly even if they have a bad, you know, lose a first round game to a really inferior opponent. Yep. They could drop down to a three because some of these other teams could could jump over them with Purdue. I mean, Purdue wins the Big Ten. I mean, that's another team that books it's another team that books are really concerned about. They're really nervous about Purdue winning it all because their odds to start the year were like 25 to 1. Yeah. So you've got some real long odds on Purdue and they've played really, really well this year. And they could if they win the Big Ten tournament, they get a one seed and now they have an easier path to get to the final four. Yeah, it's 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 a fun time of year. It's 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 great um, for content. It's great for action. It's great because the games, you know, we talk about so many times. Like, has the college basketball season become less because of all this? It hasn't. Like, the college football season is so meaningful because there's just one game per week, but it's still. College basketball has all these games and they play these preseason tournaments and all this stuff. It's still meaningful. 
as it goes to the tournament. Now, yes, there's only one champion, but it's still I, I love it. This is this is yeah, but the, the, I'm so glad you brought this up because th- this is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to college football expansion. And they didn't exp- we, we kind of I got sick, so we didn't have a chance to gloss to talk about the uh, the, the 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 four team not expanding until 2025. But this is my number one argument when they say if you expand the playoffs, you're going to diminish the regular season. And on what planet have we ever said or have we had this happen where competition, more competition leads to less attention or less less interest? It's never happened. More things to bet on, more things to watch, more ways of measuring yourself against an opponent. It never leads to complacency. It never leads to us being bored or disinterested or it's not important. It always matters. The casual fan, it may they may lose interest, but not anybody in this space. Is anybody, anybody really a casual fan anymore? Yeah, you would. I mean, like what? Like someone who might watch the football championship in the NFL, like they watch the Super Bowl, and that's the only game they watch. Like that type of fan, you mean? The fan that watches just their teams, like in primetime games, because they don't have other time to watch, or like they don't watch the Thursday night game because they're busy, or the, the, the sports with a lot of games. You know, they. I mean. There's probably people that are Kentucky basketball fans. They're diehards, obviously. But then there's casual Kentucky basketball fans that wait until the SEC tournament and then watch the basket, watch the NCAA. Okay, but you saw the ratings for the NFL this year, right? Just came yeah. out last week. Mm-hmm. Up by 15%. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Hmm. Gambling. So you, you give people more things to bet on, more things to watch, more things to pay attention. We had a whole extra week. We only had one buy in either conference. Well, the Super, I, the Super Bowl was in mid-November. The gambling's been going on for a long time. Yeah, but the, the ratings, I mean. nature of it, more teams had a shot. And I think with the expansion, more teams having a shot, the ratings are going to go up because more people are watching. And paying it's, attention. It's, it's Right, and now you have a vested interest in it if you have an opportunity to be in Pennsylvania and you can just make an Eagles or Steelers bet right there on your phone or be, you know, in New Jersey and well, the Jets and the Giants are never going to be whatever, good. but it's like, still yeah, bet on it's, whatever. Right. right. It's right. Or whoever. And more teams um, have a, have a legitimate shot to win. It's great. Like the 64 teams get in 10 can win on a, like a year like this. It's, it's 10. Normally it's six, maybe four. So I think it's going to be the ratings will be through the roof for this. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know who the best team in the country is. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I, I, I have that's... no idea. Yeah, it's which I, is great. It changes every week. I mean, you know, Gonzaga's the number one rated team right now. Are they the best team in the country? Hell no. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. They're thirty point favorites in their games in their conference. I don't know anything about the Zags other than what I saw in person early in the year here when they played Duke and they played UCLA. They got some monsters. They got a great coach. They, you know, they have um, good guard play, all the things you want Mm -hmm. for March, but are they the best team? The odds say they are, but it ain't by much. Any one of these other teams can beat them. I think at any time. I have made two bets on Gonzaga, both betting against them. I took Bama plus the points and Pepperdine plus the points. 
That's it. Won them both, right? <laughs> well, I won them both. Bama, right. Bama won outright, and Pepperdine yep. was a ridiculous number. 30, 30 and a half. Yeah. 30 and a half. I just I tweeted about it. I was like, I'm just betting 30 and a half. Could you give me 30 and a half points for a home team? I have a home dog plus 30 and a half. Oh, that was on the road, too. That's right. Yeah. yeah they're laying 30 and a half on the road. <laughs> like, Hardest lines to make. Just, you, you know, you, 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 will I make that number? I don't know. 24? Well, no, they're going to bet the Zags. Make it 30? And you were probably the only bet at, at the book on, on Pepperdine. You know, that either keeps people off or, you know, they they bet the favorite anyway. Like, you're supposed to bet the dog in that situation, so that, that's, I'm glad it worked out. But most of the time, it just goes, well, 30 points. I, I don't want to take the dog. I just won't bet the game. You give me 30 points in any contest in basketball, I'm taking the dog. I don't care if it's Gonzaga versus – Even the, those first-round NCAA yeah. games when the, yeah. you know, the Zags will be 30 points, but it's a neutral site. Yeah, I always come in. The only time I won't is if, like, the team that got there is missing their best player. Like, if there's a SWAC team that's a 16 seed and their best player got hurt in the conference championship game, they still won the game, oh. but the guy's out. Okay. then okay, fine. But like, as if they get to the tournament, you're going to give me 30 plus points. I'm blindly betting the dog every time. If so I Robert, lose, I don't care. Robert Morris plus 31 and a half against Duke. You're taking yep. Robert Morris. Correct. Okay. Yep. Backdoor free throws. Yeah. Sitting down the players. I mean, I, it's not going to be a fun sweat, but yep. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the 30 plus point every time, <laughs> just every single time. <laughs> and I'll probably, if you have three, or four one seeds and they're all favored by 30. I probably go, you know, at worst, I go two and two, probably go three and one. Ideally, on yeah. Ideally, um, at worst, you go two and two. There'll be occasional years where you go one and three. Sure. I don't think you go all and four. No, because it just, yeah. it's just the nature of the, of betting one thing and how the books are going to put numbers up, but it's just, Teams pull the dogs off. They just say, okay, you know, get guys. Right. We got, we have five more games to go guys. Let's not, we, we don't need to win this game by 75. There's no point. There's no right. benefits in embarrassing these guys. Just sit your, you know, get your walk-ons out there, get those guys some playoff, you know, NCAA tournament experience and exactly. get their names in the record books and thank them for all the tireless hours of getting their heads kicked in during practice. And yes, you know, being the, being the body bag for the big guys down <laughs> low. So yeah, that's why in the tournament, that's, Hundred percent, I'm doing that. Yep. All right, tonight Michigan will be coached by Phil Martelli. Minus five, Michigan up against Rutgers here. Ooh. How do we handicap coaching, Dave? Because this is interesting here. Rutgers is a team that's been a giant killer this year. They I love know. beating these teams like Michigan. Phil Martelli is one of my favorite people in sports. I love this dude. Have you ever talked to him? No, but he looks great. He looks. He great. is. I've interviewed him so many times over the years, and him at St. Joe's. When he was, I was in coach. Where he St. Joseph's for okay. twenty five plus years. Yeah, you interviewed him when he was. Were they numerous times at St. Joe's? Okay. When I was in college, after college, Creighton played them a bunch of times in okay. home and homes. Okay. He came to Omaha. I went to. I went to Philly. Uh, I mean, the Hawk is a, you know, it's it's a really hysterical joke where, you know, the Hawk goes on the road and they try to make the Hawk stop flapping his wings because the Hawk has to keep going. And it's a scholarship athlete. They give a scholarship to somebody who can flap their wings consistently. 
it's a really ridiculous thing that St. Joseph's does, but it's a really big honor to be the so the St. Joseph's Hawk. So it's not like this dude doesn't know what he's doing coaching a basketball team. Right. Which I love the hire. When Juwan Howard got the job, it was a year after Fillmore Phil Martelli basically ran out of gas at St. Joe's and they eventually had to ask him to they they I hate to use the word fired for a guy like that, but it was time for a change at St. Joseph's. And they've been pretty much irrelevant ever since, but you know. Well, be careful what you wish for there. Right. But he sat for a year. Juwan Howard gets the Michigan job. No, no head coaching experience. So what does he do? He goes and gets Phil Martelli, a guy who can come in and help him coach. So now Phil Martelli is going to coach for the next five games until the Big Ten tournament. Head coach of Michigan is Phil Martelli. Does that factor into the handicap at all? No drop off then, right? Like I don't know. It's impossible to tell, right? Because how much is Phil Martelli calling the game anyway, right? Correct. Is, is Jawan Howard just kind of the figurehead and he is the rah-rah guy and the X's and O's guy is Phil Martelli? Or is it really Jawan Howard's team, his his program, his system, and Martelli is just an advisor and now it's Martelli's system that takes over? I can tell you this. It doesn't come into the number. At all. At all. Interesting. You, yeah, you don't, you don't factor that into the number because you don't know without actually being – inside the program or having inside information you don't know how this is going to affect it so you just take the broad numbers and put up the number five in a basketball game four and a half it's moving to four and a half now um it makes sense to take the dog but Rutgers hasn't been great on the road right and this great at the rack great at home they're at the rack, they're phenomenal. <laughs> They've had some really big wins this season. Be Purdue at the rack. You're yes. right there. Um, how do you think it affects the kids? All this right. I mean, That's what I mean. I, I think this is a no play. I I don't think you go near this it's game. Pass. It's a complete pass. I yeah, because people are people are asking us, you know, how to, you know, you do what what do you do? One one on the on the live chat, someone says take Rutgers plus five. I don't know. I mean, I have Rutgers could get boat race tonight. If Michigan comes out pissed off because their coach got kicked out and, and, right. and they're, they want to go send a message and say, you know, this was wrong and whatever, or, you know, dad's away. So who are you substitute teacher? I don't need to worry about you and I'm yeah. not going to go play hard. I, I have no idea what to do with this game tonight. Besides just like put it in the memory banks for future reference for games for Michigan. But I wouldn't bet this game tonight. Michigan's got a lot of pressure on them to actually make the tournament. Correct. I mean, now all eyes are on them because of what happened after the game. And, I mean, it's on every show. You're flipping the channels. We get rid of handshake lines and all this other stuff. Like, it's 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 got to be tired for them already. Why is now that? We, by the way, why is that topic such catnip for sports talk radio? I have no idea. What is I about have, that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you saw the comments. I retweeted it with what Izzo said. Like, shake hands. It's sports. What are you doing? And done. Like, the fact that even talking about getting rid of the handshake line after a basketball game, it's – I don't know why it's anyone's the, It's the best playoff tradition in sports when the hockey after, – after it's oh, over. It's the the handshake line is oh. amazing. We bash our brains in. I hit you. You hit me. After it's over, congrats, man. Good best of luck. Best yeah. of luck. Thanks, man. Best of luck. Shake the hand. Move on. Be an adult. Be a, be, be a good sport. Teach sportsmanship. Teaches you put your anger on the ice on the surface. Once it's done, goodbye. Drop it. You may put it in the bank of your mind for somewhere down the line, but in that moment, 
congratulations. You, you, we'll get you next year. Move on. It's it's a it's a must. I think it's a huge part of it. Like with COVID, even coaching the kids, we did away with handshakes. It was all you know. We did a cheer and then waved and stuff. And as we start to come back from all this stuff, I was like, I told the girls, we're shaking hands after every game. But Coach Dave, it's it's the you know COVID. I'm like, listen, everybody's vaccinated. If they just go and give everybody a high five, tell them good game, win or lose. And then you see some of the parents are like, well, that coach was a jerk or, or that team, those girls were this. I'm like, all that doesn't matter. We're playing a game and we're being respectful to each other for the game. It's about the game. So the fact that they're discussing it, I don't know. As far as the handicap, I mean, if I had to pick a side pregame right now, I think I would take the points. I would take Rutgers um, because I think all the pressure's on Michigan. They don't have the coach, but I mean, you know, Martelli's going to be fine. He's yeah. going to be able to coach the game. Yeah. Um, but we'll learn a lot early. Like we'll know, I think, whether we're on the right side or not pretty early in this basketball game. And if it comes down to crunch time and the books are project projecting a, you know, two possession game, you just wonder how, like who was responsible for drawing up the plays. I think it probably was Phil Martelli. Like, I think if you go back and watch some of the huddles late in late game situation, it probably was Phil Martelli. So I, I probably would say like Michigan money line might be the safest play of the night. If you right. want to jump in on that. Right. But I, this is a no play game for me. This is a watch and wait and see oh, how yeah. does, how do they respond? What do they look like? You're right. You're right about the pressure. And, and sometimes, you know, pressure cracks pipes and maybe they don't, perform well that knowing right. everyone's watching them and all the media. I mean, I'm guessing there's going to be more media at this game tonight than normal because non-sports media will show up, especially right. the Detroit news media right. that will be there just to cover the game. The first game since the the punch, whatever you want to call it, the slap that yeah. got Juwan Howard out, they're going to be asking all sorts of questions. And this is what happens when sports bleeds over into real world situations. I mean, that, that story was on, I saw that story on ABC nightly news. That story was there. Okay. Like it's ridiculous. Like that story was that story went everywhere because it's the violent. Video, I guess, made the story. Of course. And his look too. That you mean the freeze frame of Howard like reaching across and like yeah, looking everywhere. He looking like, like he wants to kill the guy, and his hand is raking this dude across the head. Like this is you know, it's catnip. They just the media for, for the news media. It's like, oh, baby, we got a good one. Let's go. Especially when it's a downtime in February. Right. And it's sweeps month for them. You know, this is a big time to cop on all sorts of like, should your team stop handshake lives next at six? <laughs> like it's the same shit that happens in every market. Like it's happening with, with, with sports talk radio right now. It's like yeah. it's the all star break. What the hell else are they going to talk about? It's like, right. uh this is what you and I talk about this off the air all the time, but it's like what I love about our show and, and what we're doing is that we never have to worry about manufactured bullshit. Thank you. Like goodness. we talk about games. Thank goodness. That's it. Thank games. You. What happened? We're back. We're gone. We're this. You're gone. Hello. Matt is gone. Well, it's just me. All right. Is this, the, is this time to debut producer Matt? What happened? What are we doing? Are you? Okay. Really? 
I can hear you. You can hear me. There I am. Now I'm back. It's now. I figured out yesterday how to do it. Kind of how to do it fast. So now, if I do go down, which is now, I was not having problems for a long time, and now I'm having problems. I mean, to set reset my router or something. Maybe there's too much crap going on in my house or something for us to go ahead and and do that. Uh, okay. So let's talk baseball here for a little bit. You were in the Montreal Expos hat yes. shopping yesterday. Started to kind of go into the lines a little bit, and I had a like a wait moment. When is it safe to bet baseball futures? Because hypothetically, okay, hypothetically, if we're playing less than 162 games and say we play 150, if you bet a baseball future today, does it void? Um, If you bet season totals or you bet like Westgate just came out with like rookie of the year. Yep. NL That's what I was looking at. Year. I was looking at all of them. Yep. Last night. All that stuff. Con- um, division winners. Uh, league winners, MVPs, rookie of the years, Cy Young, all those things are out. Yeah. If you do that stuff, it has the uh, the contingency on there. I think it's got to they got to play 158 games. I think it is, or it's a voided ticket. Jeez! Oh, so if they miss you, four games. They miss one series, and it voids everything. Oh, not the World Series, and not the uh, pennant. The World Series and the pennant, those are tickets. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If there's a World Series champion, you win or lose. If there's a pennant to get the World Series, you win or lose. Um, the season wins definitely, you know, those are so close to the numbers. I think I think we used to do 160. Okay. Because there were games where, you know, one or two didn't get made up for whatever reason. So 160, you still had action. But the individual stuff, I believe it's one. I, I think it's one fifty-eight, maybe even less. It might be one fifty-five. I'm not sure. But like, I wouldn't bet them. I I I, I would wait on that stuff. Um, again, it's great for content. Um, people do bet it. If you see a price on a team that you think you like, just do the World Series or the pennant. That way, you have action no matter what. What about division though? Wouldn't that same the same thing apply to the division bet? The division should apply. Okay. But a lot of times because it's such a small market, it the prices would change dramatically if there's only half a season. Right. Versus a whole season. So the favorites would get more favorites, the dogs would probably be bigger pluses, you know, because the sample size shrinks. You know, your your actual number of games. So um, you got to check your house rules on that. Again, this, this just keeps coming up right now for different various reasons, but you always need to check the house rules to actually get the ruling on the bet before you make the bet. Yeah. Isn't this just stay away for right now? I, mean, I wait, think so. Wait till I, March. Wait till we get a little bit, some more clarity. I mean, they met yesterday. They met for three hours yesterday, but didn't really come away with anything that was really all that exciting. Like, no. yeah, we're close. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, there's all these free agents. Someone's asking Jordan's asking in the tray in, in the chat. It's so true. Freddie Freeman is a free agent. Yeah. I mean, you've got like big bats, big players who on the defending champs, the MVP, the most important player on that roster is not on that roster. 
Like, how do you bet anything with the Braves? Because if the Red Sox get him, that Sox are making a push at Freddie Freeman to go play first base. And they want to bring him over and say, hey, be a first base part-time DH. I mean, that's a pretty big bounce for the Red Sox and a huge blow to the Braves. And then that affects all the odds in the AL East, let alone the NL East. Yeah. It affects the pennant odds in the American League because inserting Freddie Freeman in the middle of that lineup in Boston is going to help them a lot. He's Wade Boggs 2.0, man. I mean, give me, I want Freddie Freeman bad. Yeah. He, I mean, he'll spray (laughs) balls off of that monster opposite way. He'll help them defensively immensely first immensely (laughs) makes everybody better. A good first baseman makes the entire infield better by just picking those balls and getting to the balls that maybe another one does not. Raphael Devers can't throw to save his life anyway. So he would make Raphael Devers a hell of a better player from third yes. base defensively. Exactly. So he would be huge to have a guy. That's why Mitch Moreland, when he was playing first for the, for the Red Sox, that's why it was such a big deal because his glove was so valuable. Though his bat was great too. Right. But Mitch Moreland was a huge, I mean, they called him Mitchie two backs for that reason. He was a doubles machine and he was a great glove for the Red Sox. He had that huge home run against the Dodgers in the world series. Yes. I and mean, he's, it would be, yeah, sign me up for Freddie Freeman in Boston, but we can't, <laughs> we don't know until well, they this get this damn you, deal. You get into like, like the speculative nature of the betting, like with the NFL, right? People are betting Denver because Rogers might go there. I think you got to wait unless you really want to take a shot on certain teams making an impact like that. Maybe I don't even know. The pitching rotations aren't even set. Like there's no, there's not a lot of teams that have, you know, who four starters are, you know, who two are, but you need to know four or five starters to even, I'm impressed with the numbers. I mean, the numbers are kind of formulaic, you know, you kind of, I mean, the pirates are the same every year, 200 to one is the worst. <laughs> you start at 200 to one and work your way back. So you start, you start down there. The Yankees are, are, are one or two you know, dollars more than the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the favorite every year. So if you start at five to one, the Yankees are seven to one. And then you just kind of work your way down. It's the ones in the middle that are hard to price. But I think as far as betting it, man, I I think you can wait. You're not going to lose anything by waiting. You're just going to get a little more comfortable with the bet and the number. Yeah, I can't believe. I mean, it's so... I was waiting for the day that I was going to wake up and be pissed off about baseball. And it was yesterday. That was the day I woke up and I went, okay, let's start looking at some things and start doing some research and start looking. And I was like, this is all nonsense. Like I, this is a waste of time because I don't know anything about what's going to happen. Like normally at this time, I'm starting to think about win totals. I'm starting to think about what, what I want to bet. Hell yeah. Starting to read you know, but different publications and you know different uh, writers on Twitter that I like to follow for baseball. Yep. I'm like, what are they thinking? And what are they hearing about the rotation? Who's going to be the number three or the four or the five? Who's going to be, you know, what battles are we seeing for the last spot on the rotation or the last spot on the roster? You know, who could be a breakout rookie who's expected to come up and contribute? Who's a guy I've never heard of who might have a breakout season who, it was a highly level, you know, highly thought of prospect who may come in and do some big things. And then the guys we've heard of, the great prospects, you know, what do they look like going forward? You know, the Rays have got a couple of really talented dudes. Are they going to become, you know, MVP type candidate guys? And we're going to be talking about them all summer. And I just kind of stopped and I was like, 
this is dumb. These guys aren't anywhere near being ready to play. And until this deal gets done, I can't recommend betting anything. I no. can't bet any futures or any type of wager on this. No, we used to laugh sometimes when these bets would come in now. And that's when we knew when we spring training would be started. And then right. we would actually put up preseason baseball games, which, again, if you're betting preseason baseball games, <laughs> you're really a fan or you really. First five, baby. Come on. First five. Stop. They're great. You get Stop. the pitching run. You get the pitching Stop. matchup, you know. Stop. Stop. Why? It's fun. It's so fun. You know it's fun. First five, first five spring training baseball games are fun to bet. If you like to gamble, I mean, sure. I'm telling you right now, anyone listening, don't listen to Dave. First five spring training bets. It's the most fun 20 bucks you'll spend all day. It's so fun. Okay. I'm not saying bet a lot on it. Okay. But just throw 20 bucks on it. Watch first five. You know, the pitching matchups. It's spring training. Go read what they're working on. And if a guy's just going to work on his fastball, bet the other team and you'll have a, a ball of a fun time. <laughs> Okay. If you're going to do it that way, that's fine. But um, have you ever talked to Joe Sheehan? Of course. Joe's tremendous. Like his baseball newsletter is spectacular. If you're a baseball fan at all, I mean, you should just go and subscribe to it. Ask him about subscribe to I do. And it gets those baseball juices flowing. And Joe um, last week was what you did yesterday. Like he got, he, he just had his, the venom spewed like, Seriously, it's cold. It's February. We're supposed to have this to look forward to. What are you people doing? And you could tell the frustration with people. And now, again, from a book perspective, I have no idea what the books are going to replace this revenue with. Like, I have no idea what they're going to actually do if there's no baseball. But as a fan, get the shit together already. (laughs) I mean, just get it together so we can actually do the work that we want to do going forward before the season. It's just crazy. Cause it's, it feels like they're so tone deaf because the sport itself yes. is such, is in such a precarious position. Yes. It's, it's, it's hanging between generations and, and it's like, guys, okay. So you have the 50 plus audience. All right, great. But every year they're getting older and older and they're not being replaced by younger people younger people who are not brought up in the game by their families and not everybody is are turning it on and going, what the hell is this? And you want me to go how long I got to go three and a half hours. It's hard. So dude, I got a lot of shit. I got to do. I ain't doing this for three and a half hours. I'll bop in and out. Hell, I'm not going to a one and a half hour Marvel movie. I'm not giving you three and a half hours of my night daily, not just once a week, like football, you want it seven days a week? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hit me in October. See ya. Like that's the, the, the actual problem. And they're not looking at the landscape and now they're fighting over and I get what they're fighting over. Okay. And I am actually on the player's side more, more now than I have been, re- you know, in, in many of these fights, I, I always tend to lean towards the player and go anti-ownership. But right now, I'm okay with them trying to die on a hill to get more money for minor leaguers. And I'm okay with them dying on a hill for spring training pay and trying to allow younger players who are coming up the chances to get to free agency and make more money quicker and, and benefit from this gold rush of betting that's coming into these teams. So look, the books might not make a ton of money, but the books are paying the teams like they're going to make a lot of money off of sports betting. So 
the players should benefit from that. And there should be some things in place going long term. And I'm okay with that type of conversation. But it's, you know, the owners are just there. You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel very concerned that these owners just are so on their way out and older. And they're like, eh, okay. Like, we need our deal. It's got to be right for us. If it's not, so what? You know, we'll deal with it later. I got 15 other teams and things and other companies. And, you know, as we said, come mid-February after the Super Bowl, that's when it gets dangerous. And this is the danger time right, right. now with baseball. We February. In, we are in, yeah. that, in that danger time for sure. All right. This story, I want to do this quickly because I, but I, because I, it's really nuanced and very, very difficult, but Phil Mickelson may not play the masters. Phil Mickelson is losing all of his sponsors. He lost two big ones this morning and we can go into the comment. If you want to talk about the comments he's made about the Saudi Arabian league and the things he said, who he's, he's claiming was off the record. The writer is saying, no, it was not off the record. He knew what we were saying. Phil issued an eight-page or eight-paragraph, rather, apology that wasn't really an apology yesterday. It was sort of like a mansplaining as to like what actually went down to the conversation oh, about. I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. He better, and he, in that eight paragraphs, said, I'm stepping away from competitive golf. It's February. Wow. Okay. Really? Yeah. If he misses the Masters, does that impact the odds at all? Um, no. Okay. He's not 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 he's not at that point anymore. I mean, he's in the mix. We thought Tiger wasn't either. Then Tiger won it all three years ago. Yeah, yeah. But as far as uh, I, I mean, I don't think it does. I mean, you might get somebody that might say it. It will a little. But I don't. I don't think he has the. Um, I don't think he has the juice anymore. Where, where I don't know. The it's the it's the one tournament. It's the one course. Course knowledge. Course experience. Yeah. He's got the length. I think it. I think if he pulls out of the Masters, I think it does move the numbers. I think it does adjust things. Maybe not dramatically, but I, I think it does. It, yeah. It's one less competitor for the favorites to get past. It's one less guy you got to o- overcome. It's a the course is set up for the eye of left-handed golfers. Yes. Just it just is. It's all dog leg left, dog leg left. You gotta be long, accurate, dog leg left. It's why you've seen numerous guys who are lefties right. play really well at Augusta, including, you know, Phil, who's won three of them, I believe. So I don't know. I'll be very curious. He's a pariah. I mean, you got Roy McElroy just like top rope blasted him made him look like a self-centered, egotistical, out of touch jerk for what he said. He was disappointed. He, he let everyone down for the comments he said, and, and look, he's on the wrong side of this that, you know, he, he tried to do kind of an end around on the PGA tour. He's claiming it was true. He was trying to do it to provide leverage to improve conditions on the PGA tour. But what may have happened here is that the long running inside golf joke slash knowledge is it Phil's a dick. Right. And that Phil has been a dick for a really long time. Right. Phil runs with some really shady people. 
Phil has been an absolute degenerate gambler on the up high level for years and years and years. Yep. And his connections with Billy Walters and all those other syndicates running around. No big surprise. He doesn't really care about your background if it makes him money. And he finally opened his mouth and said it about the Saudi Arabians who want to take away PGA Tour golfers saying they're really bad MFers. They chop people's heads off. But maybe we should go play golf over there. Really pissed off the PGA Tour. He said that? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he said he 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 was he's claiming the rec- he's claiming it was off the record, but the writer who is writing the book is coming out and saying absolutely not. This was not off the record. He knew what he was saying to me, and I have evidence that he knew he what he was saying to me was going on the record. And he was he thought he was they thought they had this inside flush that they, they thought they were going to be able to push the PGA Tour and get twenty five to thirty golfers to sign on. And go play over there. And then he was talking about it was going to change conditions. And he wants the NFTs. He wants the PGA Tour to give up their rights to the likenesses of these golfers. So you can market yourself and not just the tour. And it didn't work. And people now have the ability or the freedom to say what they really think about Phil. And I mean, KPMG, which was like his big, big sponsor, dropped him, dropped him this morning. Wow. So, and more and more are following more are, you know, saying effective immediately. We are no longer KPMG USA and Phil Mickelson have mutually agreed to end their sponsorship effective immediately. We wish them the best. (laughs) I mean, this is, you know, it's weird because tiger had his old thing, right. And tiger had where he had had that press conference. It was super embarrassing and like certain brand stuck with tiger but a lot of the big ones decided not to stick with tiger right i'll be curious to see who sticks with phil what like does callaway drop phil mickelson like that's their big boy Mm. i think he i think he may miss the masters i think he may take the year off because of this Uh uh-huh wow he's hated right now and I mean, not by hated by the fans. He's hated by his peers. Right. Like they don't want him around because this is where you get to prove your loyalty. And he proved that he doesn't really have any loyalty to the PGA Tour. Right. And the PGA Tour is now, you know, kind of circling the wagons, if you will, on this. And Phil's on the outside. Oh, my. Not easy. No. Uh, one more quick one. Albert Breer of SI is reporting that Tom Brady was frustrated throughout the year last year by the Tampa Bay Bucks coaching style. Oh, I believe that. Why? You could see it on the field. You could see it. It wasn't working. It wasn't like um, they didn't have as much success. They had injuries. He didn't trust guys. You could tell something was going on there. Um, and then, I mean, Yes, Giselle told him he needs to come home and stay home, but I mean, he retired. He's getting out of there. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'd rather not play than play here. I don't want to come back. I don't want to play anymore. So I don't know. I don't, I mean, why would Albert Breer say that if it wasn't true? True. Uh, Here's my point of bringing it up. If that's why Brady walked, if he walked because he was like, you know what? This was fun. This was a vacation. But these guys are clowns. 
and I don't want to go down with the ship. We right. we caught we caught lightning in a bottle. We we were in a COVID year with no fans, and we were able to roll through, and we got real lucky with nothing to worry about for injuries. And now we're all banged up. We got Antonio Brown drama. We got you know whether or not we're bringing back different players on defense. And yeah, I I just can't. My contract's up. Yep, I'm good. If that's the case, right. doesn't that really suggest he plays again? I've been saying this all along. <laughs> I've been saying this all along. He ain't done. He ain't done. It's, Brett Favre, it's Brett Favre 2.0. Here we he go. He ain't done. He ain't done. There ain't no way not going out that way. He ain't going out that way. He just ain't going out in Tampa. I'm telling you. I'm so where is he playing then? Man, I wish I knew. I'd go bet him right now. All right, put the a hand, handicap it, book. Where are we? Where, where are we? What? What? what Odds on favorite to San Francisco still. Correct. I think, I think San Francisco is the favorite. A hundred percent. It's the only place. It is the only team he can play for. It is. It is. It is by itself. It is. Because there's no other. You can't explain it any other way unless you go home to New England, which is not happening. So no you could go. You home. could go back no. home. Okay. But there is no chance that's happening for a variety of reasons. There's no way he's going back. Correct. But he could. You could justify it and say, I'm always a patriot. We put our differences down. I'm going back. Okay. Not happening. I get that. The only other way you can stand there at a podium and take the heat for you retired and didn't retire is I'm a Bay Area kid. I grew up in the stands. I watched Joe Montana. I watched the catch. San Francisco 49ers have been in my blood for my entire life. This is an opportunity I cannot pass up to wear the scarlet and what are the gold? Is that what they call their colors? Scarlet and gold to, to, you know, to, to, to wear those colors. You know, I couldn't, this is a dream that, that 12 year old me would kill me. If I had to, at 44, tell 12 year old me, we had a chance to play for the 49ers. And we said, no, right. That's the only team they can. There's nobody else, not the Steelers. Patriot fans will go ballistic. Can't play for the Titans. Patriot fans will go ballistic. Can't play for the Saints. Play for the Titans. Huh? I think he could play. For Hell them. no. He can't play in the AFC. Absolutely. That's why he went to Tampa. He knows he can't play in the AFC. He can't go to New Orleans because Tampa play, because Tampa will burn to the ground. So yeah. where the hell is he going? Washington. Kick it out of here. Tom Brady with the Washington Commanders. Could you the imagine commander. the Commanders? Jesus. I mean, <laughs> he looks like he should be in Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. God. <laughs> like, no. Like, that would be a brute. No. It's not going to the Washington Commanders. Absolutely, absolutely not. And that block, that block W would look horrible on him. I think it looks horrible anyway. With that, black, that block W would not look good on Tom Brady. Yeah. No, it's I mean, San Francisco or really nowhere else. I mean, yep. you know, that's not it. going to Minnesota. Oh, no, not even close. All right. Time now for, oh, we have our check-in on the on the chat. Uh, who will be sponsored by the MyPillow guy, Tom Brady? Oh. <laughs> uh, not making a possibility, but oh, Brady in Vegas. Could you buy Brady in Vegas? No, I can't either. Brady I, I, the Raiders. I could have bought oh. it before Tampa, though. 
I was predicting the I, pred- I was predicting the Raiders before Tampa, but that was Gruden being oh. the coach and and the guy who had the the power to push the buttons. Now with Josh McDaniels being here, I don't know. It, it would make it would make it very interesting to see. Like Josh has a younger quarterback who he can build upon, but do you want to pay Aaron, Aaron uh, Derek Carr forty million dollars a year because that's what he's going to ask for for his contract extension? So you want Brady for two years at 20 per, or do you want 40 per for Derek Carr? I think I'd pick Brady myself. Of course you pay Brady. That's not even a question. Well, I mean, there's not even like a d- debate in my mind you're playing. You're, of course you're paying Brady. I mean, my God. That's not even like you have to do that. But again, Brady in the silver and black would make a lot of sense. He's a West Coast guy playing in a dome, decent defense, but you're going into a division with Patrick Mahomes. You want to play him twice? Doesn't make sense. Now, then again, the Niners are playing with the defending champs and the Rams in their division, and you've got Kyler Murray, who may or may not be a Cardinal quarterback, but, and then you got Russ. So you got a really hard, I mean, that's not an easy division to play in, but I could he's not going to an AFC team, but if he was going to go to an AFC team, obviously McDaniels and the Ziegler guy as the GM now here in Vegas makes sense. Like Johnny Damon going to the Yankees. If he went to Pittsburgh, that'd be great. Be disgusting. Be tremendous. He'd be absolutely the worst. Thankfully he knows better because that defense of yours is easily shredded by Brady. So he knows better. (laughs) He did. You guys stuck. You guys are. You guys going to beat the Patriots so many more times. You just stopped playing zone. If he zone. goes, if he goes to the Pittsburgh, we're changing the name of the show to the Yinzers and the book. <laughs> the Yinzer and the book. The Yinzer is the book. How about that? The Yinzer about is Tom the book. Brady every day. Oh, be great. <laughs> All right, time now for better to book it. We'll come back with the prop of the day when the NBA returns tomorrow. So with no NBA, there's not a lot of prop options here for prop betting. So we'll return to that coming up after the all-star break coming up tomorrow better to book it all right so i saved this game we did good yesterday by the way you know yeah right. two oh and one but if you, yeah, if you bet it late technically if you bet it late you got two and a half so yeah. you we were saying this number may climb you thought the number might climb, or someone said four you closed at two and a half but yeah in game it was as high as six and a half for that Ooh. so depending where you bet it you you, you went three and oh but uh, you liked all my plays yesterday. I went 2-0-1, so the yep. show did well. Mm-hmm. What do you make of Providence tonight at home, minus one and a half against Man. Xavier? This is game. this game. This is a hard game. It is a hard game. But here's my point on this. I love, I've become pretty, pretty good at predicting what certain people are going to say on games. And the Twitter, the sports betting Twitter accounts are in love with Xavier tonight. I know they're all in on Xavier. I know. And I'm fading all of them. Providence. I don't like him either. Like, I don't understand. I did a couple of shows yesterday. I was on wager talk and, and a couple other shows and this luck factor. Providence yep. is a lucky team and they Providence are. isn't for real and all this other crap. Providence keeps winning basketball games. We get them at home yes. minus one and a half. Again, maybe I'm missing something. I don't care what all these other people like. I like Providence. <laughs> Ken Palm has him as a two-point winner tonight. Did you see Ken Palm's day yesterday, by the way? You tweeted it. I saw him after your tweet. Yeah, he did well. 
what the hell? He hit them all. He cracked the code. He hit he them hit all. The, now, did he bet all those games would be my question. No. <laughs> but he hit. No. He was on. I mean, yeah. for everybody who says that Ken Palm is a joke, I don't know. Go look at February 22nd, 2022. <laughs> Dude this did is, pretty well. This is why the books use the numbers. Yeah. He was on. Are, you know, it's a good, it's a very valuable resource. So he has Xavier winning by two. Mm-mm. Providence winning by two. Or Providence winning by. Two. Oh, good. All right, well, we can bomb. I'll ride yeah. with that guy. I like Providence tonight. Win by two. I know Dur- uh, Dunham is is a question. Cause they've got some guys who have some injuries there for Providence, but I just think Xavier is has lost their next game. Villanova. Yes. Providence. Yes. Are you worried about the look ahead thing? Yes, but that's why the number is one and a half. Xavier's lost four or five straight up. Like Xavier is bleeding out. They, they, they are falling down out of the out of the dance. Like they're losing bad games to bad teams. And at, look, at home, like at home, Xavier's a tough team. Okay, Playing in the Cintas Center and playing in Cincinnati, it's hard to play at Xavier. It's, what it's, a, it's a house of horrors for a lot of teams, Creighton included. But not on the road at Providence. The dunk's going to be on fire. They've never won a regular season championship. I don't think they get caught looking ahead because they know they can't lose this game or next week or Saturday is irrelevant. So oh, you, yeah. it, it's not totally irrelevant, but it's a lot less. I mean, if they win tonight and they win on Saturday, I think if they get a, I, that might clinch, that might clinch it. Right. So, yeah. You got to win tonight first before you can even get to tomorrow. And then kids understand that. Yep. Betting on a booking Providence minus one and a half. We're betting it. Very nice. Sold. Very nice. Number two, the before mentioned Creighton Blue Jays. I don't bet every Creighton game, but there are certain spots. Feels like you do. Not every. I I didn't bet the last two. So so I'm I'm on here. So this is, I I do. My eye goes there, but you got to explain this line to me. Okay. I am so confused. The Creighton Blue Jays, in their last three games against St. John's have scored at least 87 points in all three games, including in the first matchup where the Jays were three and a half point favorites and won by 23 against St. John's. Mm. Now they go to St. John's and they're five point dogs to St. John's. <laughs> it don't make sense. This is the number. I don't, I, I, I tried to handicap this last night and I was like, what the hell am I missing here? The Jays have won five consecutive games. They have played really well on the, on the road. They're eight and five against the number. They beat UConn at UConn, something Nova couldn't do last night. Right. And they're on the road at St. John's, a team that's been sort of up and down, but the Jays crushed them in the first matchup. And not like a minus one, minus plus five is the number. St. John's might win, but give me the Jays plus the points. I'm going to book this one and I don't know why it's terrible. Like the number makes no sense. It absolutely makes no sense. Line should be two, two and a half, right? Just St. John's just a win less than a bucket, like less than a possession. Yep. That's what this number should be. It's not. Um, Is somebody out? Is somebody possibly out? Is anything Creighton's not missing somebody that's supposed to be playing? Ryan Hawkins has been the hottest player. Ryan Nemhart has won six. We're talking about you know Nemhart in, in the great point guards. Ryan Nemhart, the younger, the freshman, has won six Big East Freshman of the Year awards this year. Scored sixteen and six assists in his last game. Kid's playing insane basketball mm. right now. Yeah, I, I can't explain the number, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna book it. Um, 
this is an early start. This is good. I'll be able to watch at least the first uh, the first half kind of uninterrupted. That's a three thirty Pacific start. I love yeah. those games. We used to do so much more action mm. when the when they would do this bump it up a half hour start time. Right. Awesome. I love it. I like it too. And it's a chance to for the Jays to get some East Coast exposure from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, they had a top yeah. ten recruiting class last year, and these kids are playing like it. Again, I think Greg McDermott's done an absolutely insane, insane, insane job. Greg McDermott, by the way, is is twelve and five all time against St. John's, and he's four and one against oh. Mike Anderson for uh, against St. John's as coach currently. All the games, basically, all the most of the losses came when Iowa State, when Mac was at Iowa State, and Anderson was at Missouri. So so far at St. John's, Coach McDermott has owned. St. John's four and one. So he's had a very good track record against them. And then finally this bet I hate, but I needed a third one. And I was looking around, looking around, looking around Iowa state, West Virginia. Ooh, one thirty-one and a half. Ugly game. Total. And I hope it is ugly. I'm betting under one thirty-one and a half. Oh, I'm in. I'm in for Iowa State West. Listen, Virginia. I, I I do the show. We're gonna have Brad Howe on this show because yep. he's fantastic. He's a West Virginia guy. He's got me into the Big Twelve, and I've been watching a lot of Big Twelve games. But the West Virginia games are torture to watch. They're tough watches. They're bad. They go. You want to talk about lulls with Alabama? Yeah. West Virginia feels like they may go a whole half sometimes without scoring. Um, I can't believe how bad they are. I, I, it's, it's amazing. It's it, it, from somebody who's like really close to the program, like Brad. I mean, he kind of saw it coming, but not this far of a drop off of the cliff. Like they, they are, suck. they are bad. They're they're one of the worst teams in a conference. They're they're a non factor. I mean, they're, they're not the, one of the worst Power Five teams. They're the worst Power Five team in the country. They're in the awful. country, they're in awful. A, absolutely. So, um, boy, am I glad you said under because if you were going to say the dog, I was going to be like, no, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to book. Yeah, it's a little bit too high. I mean, the first move, though, Dave, the first move was to West Virginia. Of course. It was five and a half. It was five and a half last night, and then it moved to five. And I was like, because Iowa State doesn't score. They don't. This is the highest total for an Iowa State game. There's only been one game since the 11th of January, only one game with a total higher than this one. I mean, every time it's 128, 127, 128, 128, 129. Like that's where all the totals are for Iowa State. And Iowa State needs this game. The first matchup in Morgantown went over because it was one of the one game that West Virginia won from the horrible losses for Iowa State. They lost in Morgantown, gave up 79 points in that game, and it went over. But this is in Hilton, and they have to win this game. They can't lose twice to West Virginia, how bad they are. But the only way Iowa State wins these games is by grinding it out and winning it like 62 yes. 60. So yes. I was like, all right, we're going over 130. I'm going under here at 131 and a half. I like it. I, I, I think it plays out exactly like you just said. I can't lay it comfortably because right. you're right. Iowa State just doesn't score enough points. They just don't. Um, but can West Virginia win this game? Is that how we lose this bet? Is if West Virginia actually wins this game? Correct. If they scores? bomb it, if, if they score 75 points, I'm dead. Like they, right. West Virginia cannot score 70 points. They've got to be in the 60s for, to win this play. So team total, if you don't like the total for people listening to the show, go after the team totals because I think you just said it. The handicap is actually West Virginia's team total. If you, if they, I mean, 
I, 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 they're not I winning an under game. They've they're scored not. 50 points in a game this year. I mean, West Virginia is really bad. <laughs> They're really bad. I mean, it, it just it, it just depends upon which team. I mean, Iowa State defensively can have bad lapses. I mean, but tempo wise, I can't see T.J. Otzenberger wanting to play up tempo. Just can't see it. No. no. So, by the way, speaking of T.J. Otzenberger, have you seen what UNLV did last night? You see what the Rebels are up to? They. Well, I don't know how many games is that in a row they won. They housed Nevada last, and they night. swept them. Did they swept Nevada? The, I mean, I some Mike Randall, who works for a variety of different people, was tweeting about this this morning about watch out for UNLV in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Yeah, I jumped on this. I, I couldn't find it in Vegas, so I found it on an offshore. But, but I sprinkled on an offshore for the Mountain West Conference tournament championship for UNLV. You can get plus twelve. You can get twelve to one. On them, wow! To win the win the Mountain West Conference tournament, right now, in Vegas, I couldn't find it on a Vegas book. I don't know if it's up or not, but Circa's got tournament totals, but not the Mountain West. Uh, Westgate doesn't have anything. So, how about this? The Mountain West. Uh, okay, so this is just regular season winner at Fanduel. Yeah, State, do they have the yeah the tournament Colorado winner State. at Fanduel? They don't yet. Yeah. Um, so, no, and those actually. I'm impressed with anyone who put those up because those were one of those things that we didn't put up until we knew who the seeds seeds were. Right. And you had to kind of throw it together quick and you had a very limited amount of time to take bets on it. And then one of the most frustrating things for betters and people that actually worked at the books at the counter, I did both was answering the question why after the first round games of a conference tournament, you couldn't continue to bet it. It was basically because you couldn't adjust the odds. Nobody felt confident in the odds going in. Mm. There was no reason to keep them up and try to adjust going forward. So, again, that's another little kind of inside baseball thing that went on. Um, I think if books are listening, leave up the adjusted odds all the way up until at least the semifinals. I mean, because you know these conference tournaments, right? First round is just like it's a token of appreciation for the bottom seed most of the <laughs> to time. Get in, right. Yeah. They just get to go in and get to go to the postseason tournament, see everybody. They come in, they lose, and set cool. up the stage for the, the the eight to the four to the two and done. So um yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, they're live to win it though. I mean, the, what they're doing, they're hundred UNOV is hundred percent live to win it. I need a Vegas book to put it up so I can use it for the juice because like I mean, I just I need a a, a an onshore book to have it. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting, but like, I'm nervous that like the news is going to be out. Like people are going to start to pay attention and all of a sudden, but yeah. I mean, Kruger's kid is doing work. Bryce Hamilton is on fire. It took a while for him to really buy into their system. Right. That kid's playing. I mean, I work for UNLV, so I have a little bit of a bias obviously, but I mean, I, I've only got to one game this year. Their games are not fun to go to. They right. are boring games. They yeah. won like 62, 54 last night or something like that. Uh, it was a clear under. I had someone on Twitter ask me late night. They're like, if you had to bet this game, what would you bet? I was like, bet the under, bet the under on every UNLV game. Like just right. blindly bet the under because they don't score, but they can have like, they had a game. I think again against Colorado state that I bet against them this year and Bryce Hamilton scored 45 points and the team scored, I think 65. Like he had Ooh. 40, he had 45 of their 65 points. What? Yeah. 
Like that's oh, yeah. that they are a one man team in a lot of ways, but when that kid gets really rolling, he's as good of a scorer in the conference that there is. And Boise State's leaking oil. They were the big team to beat for a while and they're starting to slow down a little bit and it's here. And if you've ever gone to that tournament, they play it at the Thomas and Mack Center. Okay. So it's not like the tournament's here. It's on their home court. <laughs> they play here. It's on their fun, home court. Actually, it's it's a it's a fun tournament to go 100% to. Hundred percent a fun kids. tournament to go to. Yeah. Um, you know, and and the fans that come come with the intention to beat UNLV. Yeah. Like even the games I went when they were bad, and I went when they were one of the favorites to win it in the last few years. And either way, the uh, the venom for the rebels is is real from New Mexico. Oh or yeah. From you know, these other schools, like they're coming here to make sure the UNLV doesn't win on its home court. It's pretty fun. And it's a huge advantage. I mean, that's a huge advantage to have a home, to have it on your home floor, your yeah. home rims. Yeah. Huge. Now the whole, there's, there's rival fans that are there, but I think in both, in both Otzelberger years, I think they made the semis in both years because of that reason they just did, they, they had a couple upsets and, They've already, you know, they've already beaten a bunch of teams, sweep your rival in Nevada. And that was always that big, like worry of like long Kruger got the job and like, could you contend with what was happening at Nevada? And now it is, it's, it's the, the right now they're before they even get their, their own kids are still working off of Altsberger's kids, but Kruger wasn't, right. you know, it was, it was an assistant coach. Kevin Kruger was an assistant coach under Altsberger. So he's known these kids for a while, but he's got them playing really really well right now it's it's fun to watch so if you guys haven't seen if you, if you like late night betting if you're on the east coast check out you know cbs sports network has these games on for a lot but you know it's been pretty interesting this season to watch i All have right. a uh yeah. i want to reverse course here a little bit i have a better book it for you Ooh. all right which is why i'm wearing my hat okay montreal canadians in hockey yeah are playing the buffalo sabers <laughs> in hockey this is like the ultimate garbage game, trash game of all games. I didn't go through. I'm trying to go through right now and see how many times the Canadians have been favored this season. I would venture to say it's less than five. They're I was going to so say three. Bad. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bennett or book it or pass. You can pass. Okay. Montreal Canadiens, Buffalo Sabres, pick them game. The total is six is that right it can't be right the total six under really under i think this is a dead over game montreal just scored five goals in the last game right they montreal's on their first three game winning streak of the entire season yeah we're in the stanley cup finals last year they won more games in the playoffs last year than they have this entire season. That's how bad they are. And they're favored tonight. They're on a three-game winning streak. The Expos lid is all I got Montreal because I don't have any Montreal Canadian stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I wonder if anyone will even look at this. This is one of those things that, like, we'll probably be the only show even talking about this. Three-two Montreal fun. wins under under six goals. You think it stays under? Okay, I like Montreal and over. I, right. I, this is bet the streak, which we've we've coined a couple things. I'm okay with bet. I'm show. okay with betting the streak for Montreal, laying at Montreal. I'm not laying a puck line with Montreal. No, and, no, and no, I'm not no, trusting no. Buffalo to score. Ooh, 
you need Buffalo to score to get to the over. You need, I mean, I don't think Montreal scoring four goals by themselves tonight. Oh, I think we get at least a four, three. Okay. That's high, man. That's why I like, I I like six, six and over six and under. I like because it's a darn good push opportunity, right? Four and four, seven goals is a lot of goals. Five goals is the most consistent number of hockey for goals being scored. Yes. Under. All right. What's the juice to what's the juice on the under? Uh, right now it's six over minus 20 or minus a quarter. So it's equal on both sides. <laughs> no, no, no. Plus you're getting plus money. If you oh. bet under you're plus one Oh five or even money. Beautiful. Under hundred percent. Really? They're asking for it. They're begging for it. They, 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 they are. They're begging for the, they're begging for under money. I'll give them under money. I'll give it to them. Okay. There you they're going to need books. are going to need the under. Okay. I wouldn't bet this game if you paid me. <laughs> you wouldn't even take a shot with a free promotional bet. You wouldn't even do it. Yeah, maybe. But I, 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 it's, I would need even money or higher. If it, with promo bets, I want like plus 150 or greater. Right. And give me right. a promo bet. I want to you know, maximize. I'm not laying juice or even even money. It's not really a great way of using promo money. Go big. Right. Five, right. five leg parlay, 25 bucks to win 2,000 type crap. Yeah. On your free promotional wagers, which never happen in Vegas, unfortunately. We never nope. get that fun here. Nope. All right. Favorite thing about today. What is your favorite thing about Wednesday, the 23rd of February? Um, boy, I don't know. I didn't really give this one much thought today. Um, other than, you know, we got one step closer to um the weekend which for us <laughs> oh is no we're talking about there's a something called the Mary Nutter Classic which is a prime time event just like the softball tournament was in Florida this past weekend okay they do a west coast one and it's in Palm Desert which is three and a half to three hours and 45 it's minutes away nothing. from here yeah all the top teams in the country are there and the kids are working me very, very hard to go see. It's a place you get to see Oklahoma, UCLA, all the top teams in the country are going to be there. So you get one ticket, you see all the games at all the fields, and you have access from me to you. You, you're, you're literally right up against the. It's like coming to watch us play. Like when you came to watch us play. You're literally leaning over the fence and talking to some of the, the best coaches in the country. Like, why you know, is this a, a debate? It's going to be cold. So what? I I don't like the cold. Oh, kind of give me! This should not even be a question. This should just be a. This is an auto fire. Who cares what the, the weather is? The kids don't listen to the show. I mean, they do actually. The kids are starting to like oh, pay attention. So I don't All know. Right. Maybe they will. But if you give them this auto fire thing. Uh, we might be headed out there on Friday. I don't know. You, we'll see. I don't think that's even a. I wouldn't even debate it. That's that's a that's a good thing. I would I would go in two seconds. I tweeted that thing on Saturday from Chicky yeah. and Pete's about the the women's college World Series odds. Yeah, I've got DMs from people that, that they want to bet this stuff. Like, there's this is going to be a I real thing. I Told like, you that. I completely think that there is a monster market for female sports for women's sports betting. That has completely been untapped. It's completely un. The women's college basketball tournament is a huge thing, actually, for that as well. We should actually even kind of look at that because yep. who's that girl from? Is from uh, Iowa? Oh, lighting right. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. 
Man, can she play? Uh-huh. Holy crap. Iowa, Iowa State always have tremendous women's basketball teams. They've always invested heavily. Big Ten play in general, they've always invested heavily. There's really only been two conferences, Big East and Big Ten, who have really put their, you know, put a lot of money into, into women's basketball. But those two conferences really have every once in a while the Pac-12 will have a decent team or two to come into. But I I've always said that like if you can find a way to expand the betting market when it comes to women's sports, including women's basketball, and you start getting more sharper numbers in in higher limits on the women's sports, yes, a hundred percent people will pay more attention to it. That's I mean, it's a little bit crass to say that people get angry at that. You say like gambling is the key to making women's sports more popular, but I, I I've thought that forever. That gambling is a key to make it's, women's sports more 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 popular. It will one hundred percent bring more eyeballs to it. Because now we'll have a reason to watch a game when we normally wouldn't. A winning bet. We, we bet during the pandemic. We bet ping pong. Exactly. A winning yeah, bet's so a winning bet. Doesn't matter what you're betting on. Just if you yeah. win a hundred dollars on ping pong and a hundred dollars on football, doesn't mean more because you bought it on football. It's like it's hundred dollars, hundred dollars. Winning yeah. bets are winning bets. It, it it'll bring eyeballs to the sport that wouldn't normally do it. I think it's a, it can only be a. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. We, we we will talk about this. The women's college. Softball World Series, right? What are they called? The, yeah. the women's women's, women's World, College Series? World Series, yeah. women's College World Series. We'll bet that because that was betting women's softball during the Olympics was a cash cow. We good. Oh, we did good. We there. did good, man. We we we. we I mean, the the, the Daily Juice good. folks owe you owe you a, a debt of a, a big a big big thank you because we ran through that tournament. We I think did. I went seven and one. Yeah, betting on yeah. games. Yeah. Betting on unders and betting on in, games and like in the middle of the night, like we middle had of the night. action. It was like, it was it was actually. I, I would go. I would fun. go to sleep. I'd wake up two one under three and a half. Boom, yep. catch it. Boom over to ching to ching to ching. So like same thing. It was just like you know line them up and knock it down. Women's College World Series. Yep, we'll be in. Well, that's the thing. Like we're watching the games. I mean, the kids are are, are literally watching the games and we're talking about the games and and between my two oldest i mean they're following all of them you know they trade messages with them on instagram so they're watching this stuff and like we'll go back and watch it as like a teaching thing right you know especially like kylie will watch pitchers and we'll do pitch counts and like look at how how they work this batter so then when you see the matchup and you're like she's like well, you know they're not they're not going to score any runs against her right because she throws that drop ball and that's a that's a high hitting team and i'm like it makes a lot of sense. She's right. You know, and you start to look, I mean, we had, we nailed the Olympics. That was really, uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, and it's, I've been waiting. I've been counting down the days to that. Like once we get like the daily single elimination, yeah, you know, double elimination of the college world series, you get the brackets, the regionals, the regionals, and you get everybody going, do they book regionals for softball? So they did last year. They started to, uh, wow. town, William Hill had them. I mean, only because I got asked. They're like, hey, yeah, check, I've never seen it. I've never gone looking for it, but I've also never yeah. seen it. I've seen the College yeah. World Series, Women's College World Series numbers to win the tournament yeah. or single game. Never seen the regionals. Like baseball, college baseball, you can bet regionals. Like right Correct. now, there's numbers up for the games today yes. for college baseball. And, and I know some of the guys, you know, again, Maddie from uh, from WinBet now, but he was doing college baseball numbers for years. And who who in Vegas years. does that? Who books college baseball right now in Vegas? Um. I don't think anybody yet, but I think you're going to see it very soon. Okay. Especially, it, it, it's probably a March thing. Okay. It's going to start where you're going to see weekend series prices come up. So we'll keep an eye on it. 
I also wanted to mention yeah. a favorite thing about today is our sizzle reel. Oh. That that Farah put out. Uh, that did it was awesome. It was I, awesome. I, I, it is awesome. I've been sending it to everybody. Uh, I posted on Twitter. You posted on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, go to the website at props.com. Um, all the videos and interviews we did was there. Farah did a fantastic job with it. Um, I've gotten a ton of feedback from it. Nice. Um, and it it was just you know something really good that it, I mean obviously. We recognize the job he does. But yeah. I just wanted to publicly recognize. Hell yeah, Michael Buffer's it. people said, "Where's our interview?" <laughs> yeah, they sent me the text. I sent them the thing first thing in the morning. It's <laughs> up now, and, and and he sent me a thing. Thank that's, you. That's um, awesome. You know, so that's awesome. People are looking for it. It's great. Yeah, you can watch the Michael Buffer interview now. We, we carved that out. It's on the whole show, but now we carved that out. So that's that's up there for me. Um, for me, my favorite thing about today is that actually, this is where it happened two weeks before I wanted it to happen. But like, I, I knew that once the boxing training was going to, the fight was supposed to be Saturday. Obviously it's not happening on Saturday, but I get my, I get hours back that I was committing to training. And I've realized, I realized something this morning as I was kind of going through my week and going through my day and realizing how much extra time I was going to have. Is it like, I was really pushing it pretty I was redlining it with how much work combining with working out and everything else that I was doing. And like, I had kind of like a very large, like moment this morning of like, okay, I can do all this, everything I had time for now I can actually do it. I'm not going to be freaking out and and, and scrambling and, you know, realizing like, Oh my gosh, I got to go here. I got to go here. I'm not like a chicken with my head cut off. So I'm thankful. Just, I woke up today feeling like Aaron Rodgers. I didn't pour oil in my rectum and I didn't go through a 12 day cleanse, but, (laughs) but I did feel like Aaron Rodgers going like, I do feel, uh, I, I feel thankful today. I, I, I felt a gratitude today is what I felt when I woke up today. I was like, all right, I'm having a lot of fucking fun, man. Like I, I I'm, I'm really enjoying where I am and what I'm doing right now. And I should be incredibly thankful for that. Cause there are so many people who wake up miserable yeah. and like hating every moment, hating on themselves or hating their jobs or hating their position or hating whatever's going on in their daily life. And I'm not, I'm lucky enough to say that I'm not one of those people. So Amen. I should be, I, 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 I should take a second to kind of go like, I get to go teach a bunch of kids today. Like, this is really fun. Like, this is, this is super cool. So I, uh, and I was laying out a lesson plan and going like, you know, I get to go do a show with you. Like, this is super fun. Like, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, so good. take a second to kind of appreciate it. And maybe because I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit better health wise too today. That's like, okay, now let's go address whatever the hell happened and got me into the hospital. But I feel like I'm, I'm kind of through that through the woods a little bit. So it was a nice, it was a nice morning. Good stuff. It was a good morning. Bundle up when you go outside though. Really? It's that cold. Oh my God. It's 38 degrees outside. It's windy. Holy. I was going to go for a walk after the show. I think I might call the walk off. It wow. I, I just swear to good. I did not realize it was 38 degrees outside. I thought it was like 55. I looked at my nope. watch. It's 38. Nope. It was cold this oh. morning when we got up with Kendall. I was like, uh, we went outside. I was like, uh, you better wear the heavy jacket today. Yeah. So dang it. All right. Well, I got to walk from the garage, from the parking lot to the, to the classroom. So it's about <laughs> as far as being outside as I'll be today. Zip it so up. That's about, that's, that's about it. <laughs> He's Dave. I'm Matt. We are back every single weekday, 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 PM Eastern time tomorrow for a Thursday's Bostonian versus the book.